This is IA StoryShare, a podcast from Imagining America, where publicly engaged artists, designers, scholars, students, and other community members share stories about their life and work. Our first series of conversations comes from people who attended the 2017 Imagining America National Conference, which was held in and around Davis, California. This time, a conversation between Robin Hill and Andrew Sullivan. Robin is an artist whose work focuses on the intersection between drawing, photography, and sculpture. She's on the art studio faculty at UC Davis, where she teaches sculpture and drawing, as well as special topics courses, including one on public art. Andrew is a poet who facilitates community-generated poems. He helped construct one at the IA conference. He also teaches humanities at a Waldorf High School in Sacramento. He and Robin met when one of Robin's kids took one of Andrew's classes, and the two have since collaborated on visual art and poetry projects. About halfway through their discussion, you'll hear a third voice chime in. That's the IA StoryShare facilitator who recorded the session asking a follow-up question. Robin and Andrew discuss challenges to developing one's consciousness in academia, finding spaces for creative practice, and the importance of finding your people. What do you care about? Should we, or do we, should we just pass on that? You care about too many things to even get started? I care about a lot, I, I, but I do want to, I think it's good to talk about what it means to care about something right. and what you give yourself permission to care about or to at least acknowledge publicly. I care about a lot of things that I don't really tell people about because it, somehow I'm worried it doesn't fit with my professional image or I think it might actually diminish people's um, interest in me and my professional um, goals. So I don't have to go into that, but I just think sharing what you care about is very risky in I, in the fields that we're in. Yeah. I think probably more in your field because you're like in higher... I guess working at a university, I think, is different perhaps than working at a Waldorf high school. Um, maybe there's a bit more opportunity to talk about what you care about. But I think it, I think it does apply to some degree. But I'm just going to risk it. Okay, and, go ahead. And talk about what I care about. Um, I think I'm, as I, in the last few years, I'm caring, I'm trying to care more about the things that I've ignored. So I've done a lot of research into sort of the effects of colonialism um, and not thinking in I remember having this moment a few years ago when I realized I was so attached to beautiful systems, like big sort of ideologies and big sort of thought constructions, um, and then realizing that that, so that whole sort of world needed to just collapse and to really be attentive to the concrete sort of isness of people and, and be in that. So caring about the, actually how we create pictures of other people, how we have mental images, like caring for the actual way that we hold memories of people or the way that we think about people and getting past those stereotypes. You were mentioning out in the lobby that this whole idea of we have we carry certain stereotypes about people or groups of people and really challenging those um, and wanting to do what the um, German poet Rilke calls like heart work, the work of actually holding people of holding the world and its people in in a way that you access just your love of just mm -hmm. everything and just feeling like this deep love of of things that I haven't previously given myself the time to think about. Right. Yeah. Well, that's so interesting that you would say that because, and this is sort of going back to how we know each other and, well, why I I care so much about you is that you 
have taught me how to care about that stuff and help lead me down that path, especially with the work with um, Dennis Kloschek at the at you know the Rudolf Steiner College and doing the consciousness studies work. And I think that's a part of my life that that's when I talk about risk. You know, that's a hard thing to talk about in academia is the ways in which you're developing your consciousness around connection and, you know, empathy yeah, I with think others. You, yeah, I think you're right. And just in terms of, because when you say things like spiritual or you say, or you say things like consciousness or you, um, it brings up all the wrong connotations and it doesn't need to. Yeah. Um, even religion, unfortunately, has so many sort of pejorative connotations um, oftentimes earned but that's not the whole of of a religious practice or the whole of a spiritual practice or the whole of because i think it can it's just a longing of the heart i mean and to deny the longing of the heart um maybe you have to come up with other language that people can accept it and you have to kind of not you know navigate around words that are triggers for people but you have to yeah i'm just learning more and more as i get older it's time to speak more from the heart yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, confidence definitely plays into that, but it happens a lot that things that I care deeply about, um, which I've kept relatively private, will suddenly sort of get traction in the broader world. And that's when I'm kind of like, I sort of want want to be known as an early adapter, but you you don't get that opportunity. You know, it's really important to speak to things in real time as they're happening. That's yeah. that's where the cre- credit comes. Right, is in that moment. <laughs> right, right, and it, that's why when we went to that conference in Chicago and Ernesto Pujol gave his talk and spoke about sort of developing as an artist like spiritual senses and trying to address this, for lack of a better term, the kind of the sins of America in the past and the the neglect of of whole groups of people and the work that he does to try to bring bring just a loving attention to that space it was just like whoa if this is if this is academia that's where i want to be because what was, he was talking yeah. about was just like yeah and he knew he was talking to people who are responsible for teaching others and just saying you really you have an incredible opportunity and so much power to rethink what it is you're teaching Right, which is, yeah, it's so empowering. And also the way he does it is so non-dogmatic and not part of any one particular tradition, but just a spiritual approach that tries to see the world in all its sort of multitudinous ways of expressing itself. I'm curious what brings you to the IA conference. I'll say what brings me here is um, having been a a person and the organizing end for a very long time, I was very excited about the conference, and now I'm on sabbatical, so I'm keeping a very low profile. But your presence at the conference is why I'm here. I'm here for your community-generated poem. Well, I'm here because you invited me. Um, (laughs) You've been so great in terms of opening up your connections and your work to – to me and to be a, and to want to collaborate in, in a way that I've just so thankful for over the years. Um, you're an advocate for so many people and you have, you have an, I guess it's my sort of introverted kind of shy self that you stepping in and advocating has been such a 
a powerful thing for me. And I, I really appreciate that. So that's really why I'm here to do that, to do that work. Um, and yeah, that, that's, and I, I'm excited, you know, about the mission of the whole conference as well. I've been thinking about, you know, IA is like the opposite of AI, like artificial yeah. intelligence. It's like the reverse of artificial intelligence. It's like human intelligence, like human heartfelt intelligence. Yeah. So it's like the reversal. So that's why I'm here for the yeah. for the imagining America intelligence, not the yeah, AI right. intelligence. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. <laughs> um, well, how, how did you get? I don't know how you got into your line of work. How did I get um, into my yeah. line of work? What shoot? What is my line of work? Yeah, what, what is your line of work? My line of work is, you know, I, I used to say, well, I'm a poet, um, and then I was a teacher, and then, well, I, I like poetry, but then I like designing. I want to make the whole, I mean, it's sort of a Boisean thing. I want to make my whole life a work of art. I want to make, um, I want to just, yeah, help create a world where everything is an artwork. The way that we talk to people's artwork, the way that we listen to people's artwork, the way that we that, that we interact or um, design experiences or spaces is all is all art, um, and in a sort of art that is just so is not um, just art like in a lab coat or like a design. It's just sort of a cold kind of, but mm -hmm. an art that includes all you know, that's reverent, that's playful, that's, you know, serious, that's all of these sort of modes of, of human kind of being. Um, so that's, I guess yeah. that's my work. And then I, I love to write and I, I love poetry. And I, so I do those things, but I also like to engage with people. Um, I like to, um, yeah. Yeah, I guess I got into my line of work. Um, I was raised by an architect in a my mother was a social worker and she, she painted and she just had maintained a lot of beauty in our home. But I just, I have this appreciation for, um, for designing and creating spaces, whether they are physical or social spaces. I once rearranged a motel room, but oddly, <laughs> no one ever encouraged me to become an artist. I actually don't think my parents even knew what that meant to be to get an art education. And when I told them I was going to art school, they're like, what's that? <laughs> so it was very much a um, kind of like finding my way by osmosis and really never knowing what the next step was. There's a certain kind of, um, I think, benefit of not knowing. Yeah. You know, did you ever, did you feel alone in that? Uh, not when I find, not when I arrived at art school, it's like, oh my God, here's. You found it, your people. It, I found my people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, actually. So you you uh, talked about finding your people. What does it feel like where it doesn't feel like your people? It feels um, threatening. Like when I I'm not around my people. Yeah, I think it's it's that's a very com that's a good question. It's a very sort of mm -hmm. complicated question because my ideals are all about everyone can be my people, right? If if I enter it in the right mm -hmm. space, so that's always the goal. Um, but there's also those places where you just feel the openness to to be who you are and say who you are and share all the crazy, interesting, weird ideas that you have. Um, and and finding those spaces, I think, well, I have found can be difficult at times. Um, but I think it's, it's not something that's just my experience. Um, but then also, as I said, this whole thing that everyone is amazing. Yeah. Um, it's like, how can I get there? And how can I how can I find a way to? Because I think when we talk about these things and have the courage to do it, we realize that 
many, many people are having these same ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I will say a really surprising thing that happened when I moved here from New York, and I always I sort of romanticize that my people are in New York. And and many of them are, but many of my people are here. But I I've, I have found an equivalent of the art world in um, the farming community, the kind of sustainable, independent farming community, because they're doing what artists do, which is making something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my God, I've got this, you know, dirt and I've got hands. <laughs> what can I do? And it doesn't make financial sense. They're not getting rich doing it, but they're living a a life that that they really care about that they want to live. So I've I've gotten a lot out of my my farming people. I think being an artist is quite lonely mm-hmm. actually as prescribed by the more mainstream art world. Right. You know, an artist working solo in their studio and so I feel like my line of work is a it's a very much a moving wiggly line it's not a line from beginning to end there's no clear trajectory and often there's tributaries and you know even it goes underground and co- goes above ground and so i f- i feel like i've given myself permission uh, to be liberated from what a line of work mm-hmm. looks like that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not a line. I mean, the yeah, the work that I think of is is more like I I create something and then it has to dissolve or die. You know, I think of I think of art or this sort of art is you have to be a you have to be both a midwife and like a hospice nurse at the same yeah. time in terms of the creative process. You have to be able to like bring things into the world and then allow them to dissolve, which can be painful and going in either direction. Um and risking yeah, sometimes I feel like I have this sort of conception that I, I want to find my people. And and you talked a little bit about like how do you talk about this sort of like the spiritual or talk about this these sort of insights that you have that you're not sure where they come from or you're not sure how they come to you and being finding a place to talk about that in a way that is that is heard um, and not feeling like you're some sort of freak. Um, and it's still I'm mean, 49. You'd figure I like I would have confidence in but even still like bringing those topics up and saying this is what i want to do even with this you know the students in the workshop a couple days ago like this is my process i i work with sleep i take ideas into sleep i i I ask for help i i do these sorts of things um and i'm in dialogue with and it's not as though you know the words come but i have these synchronicities that happen or ideas come and i'm in and i'm sort of in dialogue with the universe in a particular way and talking about that it just feels sort of funny like oh you're you're, i don't want to be considered a freak or weird Mm -hmm. or um so that's um so that line of work or or finding Mm -hmm. like where that's okay to do that and not being pigeonholed as oh you're the one of you're something like this yeah um it's still a fear that i have yeah yeah i think um well judgment one's inner critic competition all work against you know um that uh ability or desire to define what your line of work is and um i'm really interested in how people work and how their ways of working and thinking and generating ideas really differ Mm -hmm. there is no one way right right 
And you asked me about the fact that in doing this poem, I've sort of given up editorial control. Yeah, that kind of gave me a, yeah. a bit of a pain in my stomach. It's like you you told people how you do it, and then you're going to let them have it. Yeah. So that's part of just this process of, you know, of just asking, like, how can I be of service to the moment and to the sort of the inspiration of this conference? And just over and over giving away that that fear of like, is this going to be good enough? Is this going to work out? Is this are enough people going to respond to the questionnaires? Are these people who are here to to do the stanzas? Are they going to do a good job? It's like I don't. I mean, so that's part of the artwork for me. Is that's part of this? Like, wow, if I can if I can make a space, um, a little bit of space for people, then things happen that you don't you don't really expect to happen. And yeah, um, and usually. The anxious voice is there, yeah. and then I finally have to just like through just like oh god, really, and then it finally dissolves a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So that's I mean that is that is a an area where I think really important discipline resides is in disciplining yourself to be open and be receptive to actually what is mm-hmm. as opposed to what you have designed because that is always what causes the most frustration. And pain and sense of failure right. is this is not what I thought it would be. So if, if you go into it with the idea that it's not going to be what you thought it would be just <laughs> from the get-go. But that's that's not how I – I mean, I, that's not I can't – No, I try to. It, it's all yeah. about the trying. It's not do I succeed. Yeah. yeah. The success is never like a pure letting go. Um, there are moments of releasing. Um, so I, this whole idea of like – pure absolute like open-mindedness to me is generally rubbish if someone speaks that way because generally it's always i'm just trying to do the best i can and the voices come up like the judgments you say oh thank you for sharing i'm now kind of move away and i'm just going to keep trying to allow um but there's it's like having a it's like hosting a dinner party you're hosting a dinner party in your inner life and how do you treat your guests are you just like telling them to shut up and and yeah. you know, like be in the corner yeah. or are you moving through them and just trying to, you know, oh, there's the blowhard who's always, yeah. you know, blabbing about himself. And there's yeah. the, you know, the person who's shy and in the corner and like has no confidence. So how do you move in that space in <laughs> yeah. yourself and in the world? And be a good host. Be a good host for yourself and, and the community yeah. and, and, and not judge and not. Yeah. Because it's so, I spend so much time denying my own feelings in my 20s and 30s. Like, just like anything that, that was sort of brought up anxiety, I just push away and say, I'm just going to be like, be this non real person. Um, but just allow, allow that in a, in a different way. Yeah. That's my line of work. That's weird. Like, is it, I, that's your line of work. That's I love my it. line of work. Yeah. I, I like your work. Yeah. Are they hiring? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I'd like I don't to know. Come to the dinner party. Okay. <laughs> that was Andrew Sullivan and Robin Hill, who participated in IA Story Share at the 2017 Imagining America National Conference. At the end of each session, we asked everyone who shared with us to also complete the sentence, I imagine an America. I imagine America, an America that stops thinking of itself as the center of the universe and really realizes that he or she or it is just a little part of a larger whole. I really think that we, we are so insignificant in the big picture, yet we can do so much harm. So I would like 
to imagine America that recognizes, you know, that they're part of a team. To hear those short segments, go to our website, imaginingamerica.org, and click on IA Story Share. There, you'll also find a link to the community-generated poem Andrew helped create at the IA conference. You can subscribe to the IA Story Share podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. And if you'd like to contact the IA Story Share project, our email address is connect at imaginingamerica.org. The views presented in this podcast are not necessarily those of Imagining America, the University of California, Davis, or the University of California Regents. Our opening theme music is by Joe Kai. Our closing music today is by Gabriel Reynolds. Imagining America, Artists and Scholars in Public Life is a national consortium of academic institutions and cultural organizations based at the University of California, Davis. Thank you.